Today in the show we talk the What's What of the Week, the PlayStation 5 showcase and pretty much everything that's come out about PlayStation since that showcase. And that's pretty much it for the entire episode because there's a lot to cover with PlayStation. Uh, we've detailed with the Crystal Cranes are raring to go. While it's at the ready, the arcade is open for business. Bing bong, Diego Douglas Falls, you're listening to the Arcade Podcast, where two Irish lads talk to what's what in gaming, movies, and everything in between, and all that sweet jazz. My name is Sean, with me is Steven. Hello, hello. You are listening to episode 14 of the Arcade Podcast. Yes, episode 14. I always forget which episode we're on, because <laughs> they kind of blend into one. I know. It's just one long conversation we've been having for the last 14 weeks. <laughs> 15, really, because we did miss that one week. What do you want to talk about? We Stop have to talk. Look. They know about it. We can't just pretend it didn't happen, Stephen, because it happened. It happened. Do you know what else happened this week? The PlayStation Showcase, which we were kind of, we were very hyped for last week. You know, we were expecting a lot from PlayStation. Were you expecting a lot, Stephen? I was. I was expecting a lot. And were you satisfied? No. I, w- I was a bit upset with what's going on at the moment, but we're going to cover that. We will. That. We will cover it when we get to the meat and bones yeah. of the show. Um. We do have a lot to talk about with PlayStation, but we've got a few little things that we need to mention very quickly. So let's kick off the show with the What's What, commonly referred to as the Goss on the Street. This is the segment of the show where we talk about what's been watching in the world during the week. And kicking off the What's What this week is CD Projekt Red, who just make everything a little bit <laughs> nicer. Golden. They're like the little sprinkles that you get on top of a queen cake. They're amazing. There's no need for them. But my God, when they're there, you just got to love them. Anyway, CD Projekt Red announced this week the minimum and recommended specs for Cyberpunk 2077. If you're planning on playing it on PC, I know you're not planning on playing it on PC. Right, go on. PlayStation to the backbone over there. <coughs> but uh, I've, been, I've been tinkering with, play, with PC since 2014-ish. And I'm thinking this year will be the year that I, <laughs> I make the leap. <laughs> that I actually get a proper kit um, and actually do a venture. And Cyberpunk 27 is definitely one that I'm looking forward to getting on PC uh, but basically if you're planning on venturing into PC gaming for Cyberpunk 2077 you're going to have to take out your build with at least an Intel Core i5 that's the Ooh. new version of the Intel Core i5 because God only knows what version I have on my current laptop <laughs> uh, you need 8GB of RAM and NVIDIA GTX 780 which to be fair I was expecting to at least see a 1050 on their minimum specs for Cyberpunk yeah, it's not too bad. No, it's actually, it's very nice for minimum yeah. specs. The 1050 does crop up on the uh, recommended specs. Yeah, no, there's always, there's always that when you like, this is just show my age, when you used to glance the back of the boxes Yeah. in the store and it used to say required specs and then recommended specs. So the required specs, so the basically the bare bones minimum. Yeah. It's probably just allow it. It will probably just like allow it to turn on. Yeah. Just to say that I have actually ran this game on my computer. Recommended though is actually, if you want to enjoy the game at a playable, you know, level. Yeah. This is what you need. Yeah. Um, I've noticed though uh, with most PC games, like even with on minimum specs, you are going to get like a decent. You will get the game to run decently. So if you are running on the bare minimum. With your PC build. But most PC builds these days usually, like, 
if you're planning if you're working with a budget you will see a gtx 1660 or 1650 ti in there somewhere like very sort of not high-end graphics cards at the moment but they're they're just a strong build you know like it'll <laughs> It'll do the job. <clears throat> anyway, you will also need uh, 70 gigabytes of hard drive space, although it is recommended by CD Projekt Red that you have an SSD installed. Oh, Which, okay. you know, let's face it, where games are going uh, this day and age, SSD is kind of the future. I still don't agree with it. I like when my computer makes a noise when I turn it on. I like hearing the hard drive whirr. <laughs> I don't think you get that with SSD, but look, that's that's it. So yeah, that's if you want to play... Uh, Cyberpunk 27.7 on your PC. That's what you're going to have to go for. You know? It's not bad. No. You no, know? It's not bad. It, like, if... Like, that's... You could you could do that on a budget. Like, if you were... If you really wanted to enter PC on a budget to play Cyberpunk, you could do it. You know? Yeah. I'm still not going to do it. You're still not going to do it. I'm still not going to do it. I'm going to do it. I know you're, like, trying to, like, sales pitch me over there. Join the dark side. Yeah. Join the computer. Rest. Join the elitists. I, st- I don't like <sighs> PC elitists. I think these are just way so far up your own arse, you know. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm not ins- I like. I realize there might be some uh, of our lovely listeners out there who are uh, PC elitists, yeah. and I'm sorry if I just insulted you. But let's be honest, we're all in the same boat here. We're all experiencing the same problems with games. Just get off your high horse. You're not special, <laughs> okay? Let's. That's fine. Moving on. <laughs> uh, CD Projekt Red also confirmed that to combat an issue with uh, The Witcher 3, which was that a lot of people, a lot of people played that game. <coughs> it was a very popular game in 2015, and the year after, I think, because it won Game of the Year twice for its main game and its uh, DLC pack. But a lot of people didn't finish the game, Stephen. Huh. I, including me. Including you. I including only me. I only recently finished it. Five on years. A, on a handheld. Uh, five years later on a handheld. Five years. Do you know what? It was a great five years. I had a great run there. <laughs> Got a lot of Witcher content in my life. Uh, but yeah, to, to counteract this, the Cyberpunk 2077 build or build uh, story will be shorter. But not by much. Yeah. From what I'm reading. Yeah. Even though they're saying it's shorter, it's like, I can only imagine like the amount of content that they packed into the Witcher 3. Yeah. To them, shorter is probably shaving off maybe f- six or seven hours. Yeah, but you have to remember, like the The Witcher Three main campaign, it demands fifty hours of gameplay from you, and that's oh, the ca- yeah. that's the main campaign alone. That's excluding side quests, Witcher contracts, and everything else. Yeah, that, that's still fifty hours. Like, how much are you shaving off here on the main <laughs> campaign for Cyberpunk? And if it's anything like The Witcher, it's going to have a boatload of side content as well. Yeah. The problem with The Witcher Three was it just you got fatigued after a while because you did you. You'd get so caught up in doing other stuff that eventually you will get a bit fatigued. When is an open world too open world? Yeah. And uh, I think the big problem with me was when I was playing The Witcher 3, I'd be playing it right into releases of other games that I'd want to go out and play again. And eventually it would just eat up hard drive space and you'd have to delete. Some of them would have to go. And The Witcher 3 went numerous times on my PlayStation. Uh, luckily, I do have it on the Switch which takes up very little space, thankfully, because I have it on cartridge. And uh, it's great. That's how I finished it. <coughs> which is insane. Yeah. When you think about it. But again, I suffered from fatigue with the... Like, I've been playing The Witcher 3 on Switch since Christmas of last year. And again, I suffered with fatigue, you know, just getting a bit worn out from playing it. But because it's so small, and it's one of the few games on my Switch that are, it's actually quite small in size, Um, I could go back to it. I didn't have to remove it from the console itself. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that it was nice, you know. But uh, I'm surprised. I want to see what the what they mean. How where are they going to go with the shortness? I'd say they're probably going to shave. Like <clears throat> The Witcher was fifty plus. Yeah. I reckon they're going to shave about ten. I'd say ten hours. So get it down to forty hours for main campaign. Between thirty and forty. Yeah. I reckon thirty and forty. Which, to be honest, it's still a massive. Still a big game. Still a lot to do, yes. and it's probably going to take like well over two hundred hours to do everything. Same with Witcher Three, you know. Yeah. But this is what you get into with open world RPGs. You know, you have to sign your life away for a while. Just give up, quit your job, drop out of college or school or whatever you're doing. Just stop milking the cows if you're a farmer. Come in and play Cyberpunk and milk the virtual cows. <laughs> <laughs> it's all one does. Um, the real question now is though whether I will be jumping into this on PC or console. Probably bought. I might double dip. Who knows? Oof. Mm. Do I have that money? Probably not. We're going to find it somewhere though, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on with the what's what though. Uh, another retailer has uh, given us information on this Mass Effect remaster trilogy rumour, which I feel like we've been hearing about for God only knows how long. Like, I feel like we talked about this in the very first episode. Uh, you know. No, it wasn't back then, but no, we've, def- just, we've mentioned it, just it a few times. Like it. Yeah, um, so once again, another retailer has apparently leaked information on the Mass Effect Remaster Trilogy. It's due to arrive sometime next month. EA have yet to make an official comment on this. We don't know if the bundle is actually real, but so many retailers have slayed that it's coming out in October. It probably is. Uh, but the interesting thing about this one, and the only reason I'm including it, is because this uh, leak which I can't remember where it actually came from, and I couldn't find any information on where it came from either. Uh, But I do remember seeing it. Uh, This one does suggest that the uh, trilogy will be released on Nintendo Switch. Oh. This will be the first time Mass Effect, to my knowledge, is hitting a handheld device. That's cool. I mean properly now. There probably maybe has been some handheld versions. No. Oh, well, that's good. No. There was only ever... um... Mass Effect Infiltrator and it was an iOS I don't think it was an Android game I think it was an, mm. an iOS exclusive that was the only ever handheld and to be honest with you everyone's going to cringe when I say this but mobile, some mobile games aren't really handheld no you can't, I know you hold your phone in your hand but you can't really call a mobile game a handheld game because it's very handheld are very different to what mobile games go for and the Switch is just proof of that do you know, they've taken handheld gaming into a whole new level. But it'd be, I, I'd be very happy to see this, this trilogy land on the Switch. It's definitely a platform that I would consider jumping on this trilogy with. Do you know? Because I love the Mass Effect games. They go games. <laughs> yeah, and then, like... Yes, look, it, it, it had a rocky kind of reception. Yeah. Third one. Andromeda. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Bless. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, we all thought that after the failing of Andromeda, when they said they were going to put it on ice and probably use it later on down the line, everyone thought, uh, that's the end of it now, they're never even going to do anything again. So the fact of their kind of re-releasing it gives us hope that maybe the franchise might be dead. If it's worth investing in kind of re-releasing it, it might be worthwhile revamping the series with new games so it would have it would have to come with all the DLC though which I feel like maybe EA might omit just because they're EA (laughs) yeah and it's something they'll do they also I think if you're gonna do a um, 
Mass Effect re a remaster at least, uh, they need to do some serious work on the gameplay of the first one. Yes. Like, it's very dated now. Like, with the first, the two and three, because they went very mainstream with them and made them uh, easily accessible third-person shooters, they're fine for what they are. But I did, the first one is very, very dated. It's using a lot of uh, what was very popular in PC RPGs at the time, which, to be clear, it was, it was a PC game. Do you know? It was a PC. Yeah. It was a PC. It was made for PC, and the transition to consoles was very awkward for it. And but even playing on PC is awkward as hell. <laughs> it's very, it's very dated for a game to come out in two thousand and seven. So I think if they're going to do something, they need to remap the controls or re rejig something. Yeah. But you know they probably won't. <laughs> yeah, but look, it's it's EA, so when you had like don't don't hold your breath. No, I never. Everything gets done wrong, um, but. Take a leaf out of most game developers now that are re-releasing, like remakes. Yeah. They're looking at, say, take a prime example, Spire of the Dragon. There was a certain feature, the double jump at the end, wasn't introduced until Spiral 2. Yeah. They incorporated that into the first Spiral. It's very jarring for someone that's played it. But then you get used to it and you're like, how did I actually play this game without the double jump? You know, so by taking features like that and incorporating them in, you know, what 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 didn't work, what did work. Fix it and, you know, it's fresh but familiar. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, with the remaster, it probably will be very familiar. Uh, but that's that's just something you have to live with, I think, with remasters. But remasters can be done right, you know, like um, take the Mafia 2 remaster, the very recent Mafia 2 remaster. It's still the, very much the base game that came out in 2010 or 2011, whatever that was. Um, but it's got some very nice new looks to it, you know, some updated animations, uh, a new lighting engine went into it and all that stuff. Hmm. Hangar 13, or I think it was Hangar 13, it definitely yeah, it was Hangar 13, 13 that worked on that. They did a lot of work with that remaster, and it's very enjoyable. I had a great time playing it. I'm looking forward to next week when they drop uh, the Mafia remake, finally. Got delayed from August 28th, now it's coming out September 25th. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but that's that's it on the Mass Effect remaster. Uh, let us know on the social medias if you will be getting it. If it's real. You know, uh, what what uh, what platform are you going to be getting it on? Uh, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch. Let us know. We want to know if it's even real or not. <laughs> yeah, you need, to, you need to tell us something because it's like getting towards the end of September and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's getting dangerous these laws. I just every we're going to talk about this later, but I think every anyone involved in the game industry these days is just really holding out on giving us information on things <clears> until like the week before it comes out. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, moving on to our last piece of the what's what. Very very quiet week this week. Surprisingly, surprisingly, but there have been rumors flying around that Doctor Who is going to return on Christmas Day. Ooh. Oh my God, I'm very excited. Especially when you look at 2020 and you realise that it's just been a... It's been an episode of Doctor Who. It's been an episode of Black Mirror. It has. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's been, like, it's been it's so been bad that Mirror. Black Mirror actually held off on doing anything with their new series because they realised the world is just completely I seen, screwed. I seen a while ago on social media, they had a billboard that was literally translucent. Yeah. And it just said, Black Mirror season six. And it was just literally the world. Yeah. And it was, it was the best bit of advertisement ever. So. That's crazy. Yeah, it's that's what we're in crazy. now. 
unfortunately, you are dead right about that. Uh, but getting back to Doctor Who, this will be the first Christmas Day airing that we've had since 2017. As far as I'm aware, since Pierre Capaldi left, this will be the first time Doctor Who's been back on air on Christmas Day. Right. Yeah, because we got... Um, was, was there Doctor Who in 2018? There was. It was Jodie's first series. And then we had uh, the New Year's Day special in 20... 2009. 2009. Not 2009. 2019. <laughs> Years. And then, of course, uh, there was no Doctor Who in 2019. But then on New Year's Day of 2020, we got the first episode of Series 12. And with that led into the entire series of Series 12. So we've had no special since 2019. Right. But we're getting a new special. And apparently it's coming out Christmas Day. So very, very excited. That's going to be really good. I can sit down after my dinner and watch Doctor Who. <laughs> Relive my youth, as it were. <laughs> Any insight on um, storylines or anything like that? No. Um, well, it's called <laughs> Revolution of the Daleks. Oh. It'll probably be a continuation of Resolution, which was the, two, the 2019 special. Why do I keep saying 2009? I'm going to say 2019. I don't know what's going on in my brain today. <laughs> Yeah, so in in that special we had a, a Dalek show up, and that was sort of the big drive from it. And we know the Daleks are coming back, and they're in the name of the episode. Uh, but Captain Jack Harkness also made an appearance in series twelve, brief, a very yes. brief appearance. But uh, they're saying that maybe he'll be coming back. Do you know that whatever he was banging on about for his like ten minutes on screen? Do you know he'll actually that'll be elaborated on a bit more? But like Flashpoint. Yeah, but like Flashpoint. Yeah. It's all going to make sense. But Doctor Who. And uh, it does make sense because, you know, Chris Shibnall, who's the head writer of Doctor Who now, he was very attached to Torchwood. Do you know? Because in the first two series of Torchwood, while they were uh, Russell T. Davies shows created by him and very much uh, constructed by him throughout mm. their two series run, he was still showrunner of Doctor Who. And a lot of the main sort of episode writing for Torchwood 1 and 2 was done by Chris Shibnall. So all the weird episodes like day one with the sex cloud. <laughs> uh, that was Chris Shibnall. But also he did some really like effed up episodes like uh, Countryside. Oh, yes. Yeah, if you haven't watched Countryside, like, go watch Countryside because it'll just make you stop watching Torchwood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not for any of the wrong reasons. Like it's just because I, I binge watched Torchwood series one when I started it. It's kind of the episode that it's like... Is the big divide between yeah Doctor Who and Torchwood? Yeah, it's not it's how it's, you know Torchwood is. It's in the same universe, but it's not Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very it's it was sort of the first episode of Torchwood I remember watching where I realized that it's very dark. Mm. It's gonna go places where Doctor Who's never gone before, <laughs> and it's 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 what Torchwood was meant to be, and it's what Torchwood was right up until I think Children of Earth. I think with with Miracle Day because. They had brought the stars and they brought it to America. It it lost something, you know. Unfortunately, Torchwood did. It was still it was still written by uh, Davies, but it, it had lost something, which is a very crying shame because Children of Earth was just fantastic. Mm. And really, if you're going to watch Torchwood, I'd say stop after Children of Earth because <laughs> you can't get any higher than where they were with that because that was just amazing. I will best bit of TV I ever watched, and it's only five episodes long. How did we even get onto Torchwood? I just it's went on just, a, It's a good topic. So. We went on an absolute rammer jam of a tangent there on, on uh, Torchwood. <laughs> but it's actually amazing because Torchwood's a great show. Mm. 
Torchwood is the best Doctor Who spin-off, and I had no problem saying that, even though I'm a fan of Sarah Jane Adventures and Class. But anyway, to get back on track, Doctor Who is coming back, maybe on Christmas Day, <clears throat> hopefully. If it does, that would just be everything. <laughs> we need good news in this day and age, and thankfully that is definitely something. Normality. <clears throat> yes. Normality. Like, the pubs are reopening tomorrow in Ireland, which is fantastic for some, except Dublin. It's <laughs> Who's oh, in level? Or the level They're three? level three. Level three. What even is the level? Don't know. The level, like, the first thing that came to my mind was like Defcon. We're so. gonna we're on Defcon three. Defcon three. You know, it's I don't know. It's You're still allowed travel to the to the county if you want to. You know, go it's, to. It's for essential travel only, and you can't leave for any other reason. And it's you know. No, pretty much. If you have if important business, go there. And get coronavirus, maybe. <laughs> but uh, if you're just going for the shits and giggles, don't come. You know? Get off this topic it's and just, carry crazy. on with some I love, decent, I love decent. bringing real things into the show, especially stuff like this, because it's just baffling. And I always find out about stuff like this when I'm in work, because <laughs> I'm signed up to an Irish Times subscription, so I get emails with the latest <laughs> updates, and I always check on my lunch break what's going on. And it's just, you just sit there like, what? That's, no. I don't even. I, just I read this thing and I can't the believe it. The world's gone to shit. <laughs> same t- same news every day. Same shit, different day. I'm still throwing stock on shelves. <laughs> anyway, that is the what's what of the week. It was very short, but that's all I could. That's all I could dig up. But let's talk about what we wanted to talk about, which is the PlayStation Five <coughs> showcase, which ran longer than I thought it would have. Yeah, and uh, it said forty minutes. We said forty minutes, and then Sony made liars of us. Look at them. This is what they're doing to us. Yeah, but I was nearly bang on the money. I'd actually like go back and like listen to the previous podcast, but I was nearly bang on the money. What I said, right? The opening was literally all the games showing you what's coming. Yeah, what the power of PlayStation Five is going to be. Then we got like. Gameplay of certain games that we got teased a couple of months previous. Yeah. And then the drop. The famous white room and the silhouette of a logo or of a console. And then the two of them appear, the digital and the disc. And then whack, bam. Yeah, it was very fast. It was fast. It was incredibly fast. I think IGN put up a video after where they segregated it out and I think the whole reveal for price and everything is just a little shy of 50 seconds that is ridiculous yeah like, there's no I, I, will, I will always go back to the uh, PlayStation 4 reveal at E3 in like 2013 or something when that little short dude who's in Sony <laughs> and I don't know his name but I always know him from that video that came out with him and Kojima sitting on the couch together I think that's just the funniest setup ever uh, but he basically picked up the PlayStation 4 and kind of threw it at everybody I nearly knocked over something here in the studio when I did that but he kind of he threw it just threw it out to the world he's like this is the PlayStation 4 you know there you are we haven't got that you know we haven't actually had a moment where someone is big in Sony like, you could even get Mark Cerny to do this. Look. <clears throat> like, he could have done that during that thing. Do you remember when he came on in, like, March or something? For that, like... Oh, the tech. Hour and a half tech thing that we all thought they were going to reveal something. Yeah, no, look. I get 
with everything going on, we can't have the whole on the stage with thousands of people and everyone literally going, ooh, ah, yeah. clap, 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 clap. That's all done away with now, obviously, with social distance measures. and But it's weird. It's very because, weird. Because, like you said, going back to the four, literally, they had a physical console on stage. Now, there probably was no components in it. Yeah. But we got to physically see it. Yeah. In a human's hands, we knew what size it was. And like, everyone was like, oh, wow, yeah, it's amazing. And then the price, 400. Whoa, it's even better, you know? Yeah. And I just found this time it's different. Like, literally, you have a f- it was an hour long. It was an hour long showcase. Roughly and an literally hour long. 50 seconds, literally to a minute. Is the reveal of the price and the release date yeah. of a console. So it's, you know, an hour. So it's 60 minutes. So 59 minutes of the show <laughs> showed everything else bar the actual PlayStation 5 info. Yeah. So that was so strange. That was bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's I don't, I like, I've, I've, I keep, I know I keep bringing it up. With the way they've handled other reveals of consoles, but like I even have to say, like Microsoft are handling how they're issuing uh, details on the new Xbox better than a way Sony have been doing it. We are going to talk about this more as we go on. Yeah, well, I think we should explain how the night progressed. Yeah, well, we will. We'll be going <clears> through <throat> the entire showcase, uh, pretty much from the beginning. We are going to be covering the highlights of pretty much all the big things what we did see and what we didn't see and then we're going to obviously be talking about PlayStation 5 and the price and the release date and we we're going to cap off with actually talking about pretty much everything that's just come out in the last three days because it's what it's Sunday now that we're recording this and this thing happened on Wednesday we've had three full days to kind of process everything that's been happening and a lot's been happening and a lot of people are not happy and I have to say I myself included I think PlayStation are going a really weird way about handling PlayStation 5 announcements and just reveals and it's very weird. Yeah. It's it's like the days of standing on a stage at E3. I know they're gone because of coronavirus and all that, but you could do it in state of play. You could have someone stand in front of a camera and talk waffle and hold a console up. You know, it's just, it's weird. It's very strange. Yeah. Look, at I... Everyone knows the king of keynotes is Apple. Because they made keynotes. Yeah, but... Like... They should have... Like, even when COVID affected Apple... Yeah. I found Apple's two... The last two showcases that Apple have done... Or was it three? Did it do the Worldwide Developers Conference? See, I can't... I don't really keep up with Apple yeah, anymore. No, so. but they did. I, I definitely not have had the... The, the the most recent one which was the iPad refresh and the watch and then I think there was iOS was more to do with iOS 14 the previous one so they've had two where there was no basically attendees there was no one there but they did a production video and literally what it is is the head of marketing obviously you have Tim Cook so he's the head of Apple but they walk through and they explain everything that's going on the features and I just think we're missing that. Yeah. So we're not connecting like we used to with 
you know like if i said to you nintendo obviously he stepped down now but if i said nintendo that reggie fills a mees fella yes. his name i always flub a little bit there i hope it didn't that time but yeah but literally he would get up on stage and he would talk about nintendo and he'd be all passionate and it was a face you got to know and it yeah would, you know like phil spencer for xbox you know he gets up we talk he hands it over to the developers and they talk about the specs you know they're still doing that but they're doing it on social media yeah but i find with and i know i'm going against my own because i'm team blue and i've always been team blue team green doing really well i think as regards giving you as much information as possible building you up yeah you know like they didn't just hand out everything straight away no, they've been very frugal in what they've been given yeah. out. So but they said, look, this is our new um, console. It's called the Series X. We're going to give you some more information in a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks go by. Oh, by the way, it's a Series X. This is what's inside of it. We'll wait another couple of weeks. We'll tell you what the price is. Yeah. And then they do. And then they say, look, <laughs> it's been released on such a date, but we'll let you know when pre-orders are coming out. Sony, on the other hand. So, we finished watching the showcase. And then you received an email from GameStop. Yeah, to tell me the pre-orders had just gone live. Gone live. Yeah. Sony never once mentioned it in the showcase the pre-orders were going live. No, there was no mention of dates of when the pre-orders would be going live. So, we automatically assumed, right, well, if GameStop has now wrote to us to say pre-orders have gone live... They're obviously gone live worldwide. Mm. To which I then get up the next day and I see on social media <laughs> that they're not actually meant to go live until the following day. Yes. Yes. Which was a full 24 hours from the time we were able to sign up for it. Mm-hmm. And it was just a shambles from there. Do you want to elaborate on I will. What, I yeah. would love to elaborate on it, but unfortunately we are going to take a quick break at the moment uh, just to let the... Editing software, not the editing software, the recording software, cool down a little bit. And we're going to get new coffee. Uh, we're, we're going to get some coffees as well. We're going to get some coffees. We need more tea and more custard crayons because we keep eating them in between the bits of talking. Uh, so we will be back right after this short interval. Bing bong, welcome back to the arcade podcast where we were talking about PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation 5 pre order fiasco. Uh, I didn't think we'd start this with the PlayStation 5 pre order fiasco, but let's talk about that, okay? Because you did bring up some great points there before we went on the break. Um, Sony did announce that PlayStation 5 pre-orders will be starting the day after uh, Showcase went out. So uh, September 17th. That's when pre-orders were going to go live. And then we got e- I got an email from uh, GameStop because I am I very much am, you know, keeping up with GameStop. I do sign up for those newsletters things where they just do send me news about games and stuff. Um, and yeah, I was a bit surprised to see that the pre-orders had gone live and then I started to look at it more and I realised that the way they had done this was kind of a retailer by retailer rollout on pre-orders so I noticed in America uh, Walmart were kind of the first big retailer to sort of get pre-orders going you know and then they kind of went out and then uh, GameStop came in and then I remember like very early in the day after uh, Game came out then the UK retailer with their pre-orders and obviously because this wait time that you know people were sort of in and they were very much in a false sense of security had sort of they'd staved off from jumping on the pre-order thing 
and by the time they had jumped on it, uh, pre-orders were gone. And this is a big thing now. Like literally, I think it was like three o'clock the next day. I got another email from GameStop to say that pre-orders on PlayStation Five were finished. Do you know? But you can go to the store and register your interest with a deposit, and you're added to a virtual queue. A virtual queue that's been open since uh, PlayStation 5's kind of first big announcement back in like June. So how how long are these queues? <clears throat> yeah, let's talk about this, okay? Yeah, let's let's talk about the fiasco of PlayStation 5 pre-orders and how not to do pre-order. Yeah. Let's not even talk about the price or release date. You? <laughs> let's talk about the pre-order. This is a bit this is the big thing that's kind of annoying us. We might as well get it off our chest while we're here. Yeah, so we discussed this on a previous podcast where Sony was going to do a lottery. It yes. Was, in the US, it was based on gamer activity and you would get a code, you would insert the code, but chances are, you even though you got the code and you went to register, you still might lose out. Yeah, it's still, it was very much a first come, first serve basis. Even if you had the code, it doesn't guarantee that you will get a PlayStation 5 pre-order. But that flew under the radar. So that kind of... We heard no more from that. Yes. And then we had the PlayStation launch or the the reveal and then pre-orders went live. Now we're hearing from there's a certain brand, Amazon, are now saying that yes, you've pre-ordered with us, but you mightn't get it. Yeah, it's just that because of the high demand on PlayStation 5 that they might not be able to fulfill pre-orders when this console comes out which I think is ridiculous like I I just I think this is absolutely mental I also think it it's also the first thing that like strings to my mind is overselling yeah so it's like remember there was the arcade um, convention in Dublin yes many years ago it's not be many years ago. I think it was only four years ago. Probably was. I 20, 2016. But I, that hope, was, I hope no one that worked on that is listening to this. So do I. <laughs> but if you are, I'm very sorry. That's a prime example of overselling it. So Sony should have said, we're allocating so many pre-order units to this shop, to this shop and to this one. And then they would have said, right, that's okay. But what's actually after happening is everyone's just kind of gone and everyone has just pre-ordered, pre-ordered, pre-ordered. Yeah. Now, the shortfall is they don't have enough units. So people are now being told, by the way, we know you pre-ordered a console that you're really looking forward to, but you're not going to get it. We're going to cancel your pre-order and we're going to give back the money that you've now handed us. This is another thing. Some, like Amazon, I think, are keeping the pre-orders in check. Even though they might not have stock when the things come out. But there are some retailers out there. I don't know who exactly. But there are some that are just straight out cancelling pre-orders. Because they won't be able to fulfil them. At the time of launch. Which is just. It's crazy. This is absolutely crazy. <coughs> as far as I know to this day. Um, the PlayStation. No not the PlayStation. The Xbox pre-orders. Have actually still yet to go live. So Xbox haven't actually suffered anything here just yet. But yeah. So that was another kind of low blow for Sony. So the next day, I think Microsoft put out a tweet to basically say that, look, we know all the stuff that's going on with Sony. Don't panic. We will let you know beforehand when our pre-orders go live. Yeah. So yeah. even they can see that there's 
a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I know, like, yes, look, we are, I'm a big PlayStation player, but you have to call a spade a spade. If there's a problem, we're going to point it out. And the way they've handled it, it's so bizarre. Oh, hugely. It's I, so bizarre. Yeah. Can we can we put this down to the pandemic? Or is this just Sony being a bit more... Um, what's the correct word for now that I'm looking for? Big for their boots, as Stormzy would say. I think there's a number of factors. So I think, yes, the pandemic has played a part in it, obviously with supply chains yes. for the components to basically build the console. But I do think it's all coming down to in a massive inverted commas, the console war. Yeah. So, the reason why they've held off so long is literally, it's like a big game of chess. One is waiting for the other one to make a move. And Xbox are moving first. But they seem to be moving right. It's like when Sony... Yeah, it's just the way they're handling things is very yeah, good. So Sony does wait for them to move. And then, when Microsoft moves... Sony makes a move, but they kind of fall. Yeah. It's just, like, even the fact that we still haven't physically seen someone hold... This is the thing. It's really yeah. getting to me. I don't know what it is. It is. It does. It gets, it gets me too. <laughs> I haven't actually physically seen a person hold the bloody console in their hand. We've seen pictures of people holding the console. There was one particular picture from a, a actual production factory where they were made. Someone was holding it. But I'm talking official. Yeah, like, like a single picture of a bunch of men standing in a factory hauling at a distance is different. Like, you're not fully experiencing it. What I do, and I will really give them a clap on the back for it, Xbox sent out dummy units of the Xbox S-Series and X-Series to influencers and online personalities. Yeah. Um unbox therapy is uh, one of them literally they don't, they're not actual consoles they're okay. just a full size mock up of what you're going to expect and they did a video you actually got to physically hold in their hand you got to see the size and then they talk about the ports on the back and what it's going to look like even that is enough to satisfy me that I go yeah that's okay you're getting little snippets with Sony yeah you know we're not getting the full thing and I just think that's, it's upsetting for me. It is genuinely. It is very, it is very upsetting. Yeah. Um, and it's so close to launch date as well. And speaking of launch date, let's actually get into that. Uh, Sony have announced, yes, they've announced that the PlayStation 5 is coming out in November. On November 12th, it's hitting, uh, I should have taken notes for this, but I didn't. But let's, let's try and run it overheads. Canada. Japan. North Korea. North Korea. Uh I think Germany was in there as well. Yeah. I want to say Germany. And then the rest of the world is getting it on November the 19th. So Apart from China. Yes. So China released it. Right down at the very bottom, there was a set of fine print. And it pretty much said the China's release date is to be still yet be determined. Yeah. It's very much up in the air on when that one is going to happen. Which I don't... Again, because they don't tell us an awful lot, it's very hard to know what is the cause of that. Um... But for now, I would say because it's hitting the the entire world on November nineteenth, then November nineteenth is the official release date of PlayStation Five, and it's priced very reasonably, I think. 
you know the the digital version is priced at 399 or 400 euros if you just like the rounding thing mm. <laughs> uh, which is the same price that PlayStation 4 was going for at launch and then the uh, the actual disc drive version is an extra 100 quid on top of that so 499 this is fair now to be fair these are good prices uh, Xbox Series X is priced at 499 as well um the uh the Series S is two hundred euro cheaper, so it's actually down to three ninety nine, coming in roughly. And I, I know I'm comparing it to a PlayStation console, but the PlayStation One and Two were also priced at the same prices, so it's very cheap. Yeah, very cheap for a next gen console. Um, look, I like the price point. I have to say the price point is really nice. It's what I expected from them. Do you know? Yeah. Look, I think everyone was worried. I think everyone was thinking. Oh, they're going to do a PlayStation 3 on it again. Yeah. It's, you know, Microsoft are going to announce a console for 5 and they're going to announce a console for like 7 or 8. It's going to be too far out of reach and it's going to hurt them. But so the fact that I, like, the console is in the same price, so literally it's a level playing field now. Yeah. You know, now it's pretty much down to first party titles and exclusives and services that's going to sell it for you. Which is, all, speaking of first party titles, that's also something that we definitely have to talk about because there's been a lot of news on first party titles. Um, but yeah, in terms of release date, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the staggered release. I think maybe just, I don't know what the, why they're doing this. Is it because of stock? It's probably to do with stock. Yeah. I'd say it's, pro- pro- and it's also to do with markets. So it's to look at where we make the most money. Yeah. And the US market is probably one of their biggest seller markets because pretty much on the little blink of a message we got, US was first. Yeah. So to me, that is the big market. US, Canada and Japan, I think, were the order they went in. Yeah. Sort of, so, and you can kind of look at it the way uh, the way movies do, uh, the top build cast of a film. We can now look at the top build countries <laughs> the top that build PlayStation countries. did so well in. <laughs> so yeah, we've got... Um, so it's, it's hitting these countries first and then it's hitting us in on November 19th do you know yeah look it, it's it's slated for the 19th but we're not going to get it yes you know because we lost out mm. you know we're like registering your interest <laughs> on the website is not really giving me good hope yeah that I'm going to physically get this console and you it know. was but, he, but like, even with me and you like I, we saw the pre-orders go live like, I was actually on my phone when the pre-orders went live in GameStop. I could have pre-ordered then and there, but something in the back of my mind said, don't do that just yet. Just don't do it just yet. <laughs> Hold off for a little while longer, because there's just something a bit iffy about it. And then, of course, I did wait, and I've seen all this news come out about things, and I'm so glad now, especially with the idea of pre-orders being cancelled and stock not being there to fulfil pre-orders. I'm so glad I waited, you know. I still haven't registered an interest to pre-order PlayStation 5. I don't plan on. I will get a PS5 when I get a PS5. Yeah. But I'm not in a rush. Especially with uh, some of the things that they've been announcing with, uh, in terms of relating to games. Uh, but let's actually get into the showcase. Yes. Let's get into the good bit. Yeah, the actual bits we enjoyed, which was pretty much everything before the for actual thing we wanted from us. <laughs> Uh, so let's start off with probably the biggest release, probably the biggest announcement for me and probably for you as well. Uh, that Harry Potter RPG that's been teased for the last like two years yeah. or something. 
it's finally it's coming it's real it's coming and it's called Hogwarts Legacy yeah and it, it just it looks I know it, it's a cinematic trailer yes but the premise of it so it's based in the 1800s which well before very far removed from the main Harry Potter yeah. series which is fantastic so you yeah. pretty much it's as it states the decisions you make will affect the wizarding world I love it. Oh, I God, love yeah. the fact that yeah. it's it's tied in as regards it's using the same name, so it's a Harry Potter world, but it's so far removed that you can be your own character, you can do whatever you want. And I love games like that. I love the yeah. fact of here, build a character. Here, do whatever you want. It's up to you. Yeah. You know. Um I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's it's actually it is amazing because it's the kind of the first major Harry Potter video game to be released. I think since uh, the Lego Harry Potter games. Yeah, and you it's know? also it's a new support key games. Yes, th- this is kind of I think they've done a lot of stuff for the Pottermore website. Yeah, and which, they also work with Niantic as well. So they do the whole the the mobile phone the yeah. wizarding world it's kind of like Pokemon Go for wizards yes yes I know um, it um, I, I, that's where I, that's where I'd heard of Porky Games beforehand yes. thank you very much but this is their first kind of major big platform yeah. release it's very exciting I hope it's as good as it looks it's coming in 2021 which I was very happy about I actually screamed when I saw 2021 yeah and they, like they kept it under wraps so they're working in like cooperation with Warner Brothers games. Yes. So we talked about, well, I suppose it's DC fandom, but Warner Brothers had their own kind of. They did, they had their own little segment because they have uh, DC games coming up. Yeah, which I mean, is something I want to talk about really quick because we've had the Avengers. Okay, we've had the Avengers game, and we 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 have we've, we've shared our opinions on uh, what we think of Gotham Knights and possibly Suicide Squad in 2022 and if you want to hear what we said about that you can go back and listen to our DZ Fandom episode I can't remember what number that was it was about three weeks ago so <laughs> go have a look um, or have a listen actually because you can't look at podcasts you can listen to them um, I am fr- I'm afraid that uh, this Harry Potter RPG will be a live service and I'm really hoping it isn't because yeah look Again, it's the way the models are moving. Yes. So most of these RPGs are online, pay to play. You know, it's it's always worrying. You yeah. know, and I think we've been hurt by. Personally, me and you have been hurt by Avengers. Now you finished Avengers this week, and you said it's a very good story, but it's in- a very good story. But literally, the game is designed to be an online game, and, and the story just, is just yeah. literally there to set up the online aspect of it. That's all it is. It is literally a grinding, level up, pay to look pretty, you know, online game, which has a really good story that they could have built a bloody game around, but no, it's just there to set it up. So yeah, no, I can see where your fear of Harry Potter this game falling into the same bracket of the premise of it sounds absolutely amazing and then it falls flat on its head. But I don't know. I don't think so. I think they've listened to fans. I think the the fans are, are what's driving this game. Yeah. You know, and like we played kind of open world. 
kind yeah, it's kind of open world. It it does look open world. I think they've included Hogwarts and uh, Hogsmeade and everything, from what I seen in the trailer. So yeah, like we got a taste of that a long time ago with the Order of the Phoenix yes. and the Half Blood Prince. Yeah, those games because they were they were the leap onto next generation for Harry Potter, and like we had we had uh, technically uh, Philosopher's Stone and Chamber of Secrets and even Prisoner of Azkaban when they released on PlayStation Two, they were open world. You could explore Hogwarts, but when you got to Order of the Phoenix, it was very movie accurate. Yeah. The ca- was... castle was extremely movie accurate. And I think that was the really cool thing about Order of the Phoenix is because you actually felt like you were there in Hogwarts. This is what I had gone to the cinema and seen, you know, rather than big open corridors and sort of wide open empty spaces on PlayStation 2. It was fascinating at the time. Unfortunately, it has aged quite a fright. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I do get where you're coming from. And I'm, I really hope that this is just Witcher 3 in Hogwarts. Yes. Maybe that's asking a bit much, okay? It probably is because it's CD Projekt Red until I'm comparing them to. Yeah, but look, it's only been announced. We got a two-minute cinematic trailer that set up the premise of the game. So <clears throat> it's coming in 2021. So we still have a long time to kind of wrap our heads around yeah. what it could be yes so but for now i'm hopeful i think it's going to be a game like an open world rpg single player focused story driven your Where decisions affect the world yes but until i'm proven wrong that's what i have in my head and i'm going to live with that fantasy now until 2021 yeah and then unfortunately it, we may be utterly heartbroken from that <laughs> But uh, that's Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, we were very excited for it. It was definitely the, yes. one of the big highlights of uh, the PlayStation Showcase. Another one was, at the very end, uh, God of War 2. We didn't see a huge lot, so we won't talk about it for a, lo- a long time here. But no. it's it coming. Was, yeah, and it was like right at the very end. Right at the very end. This was sort of their final sort of thing. Which, to be fair, God of War has sort of become the big PlayStation 4 sort of first party title. Yeah, but it was odd to put it there. Yeah. Like, most people waited for the price. Once they got that, yeah, it was just You could it click off, off. You could click off them. Yeah. But no, there's this little thing to sort of bait us over for God a of War. A quick little trailer and it just literally says, be prepared. Ragnarok. Ragnarok is coming. Yeah. So they're very much keeping with the Norse mythology that was set up in the 2018 God of War. Which is cool because I really want to go back and kick Thor's ass. Yeah. <laughs> Odin. Odin. Uh, Ragnarok. As we know from, uh, I'd say most people know from the Marvel film uh, Thor Ragnarok. Because Norse mythology, does anyone really look into Norse mythology? I don't know. (laughs) We've only really started taking it seriously since Thor. (laughs) Um, And God of War. And God of War. But Ragnarok is basically uh, the Norse version of the end of the world. Yeah. Basically. So that would be really, I'm hoping this is God of War 3. But God of War new. New type God of War. If you haven't played God of War 3, it's basically great. I actually got to Olympus and just murdered every Greek god mm. possible. Um, I, I can't even remember any of their names. Poseidon, uh, Helios was there, Zeus, Hercules. Uh, Go watch Percy Jackson, the lightning thief. Yeah, you see all these. Uh, Sean Bean is one of the few films of Sean Bean's <laughs> in where he actually <laughs> survives the entire run of the film. Oh. Even though he's barely into that movie, but however... Uh, so yeah, God of War 2 is coming for PlayStation 5. No one knows when. It was a very quick announcement. Very I'd quick. say this is very early development for them. 
Yeah, I'd, you know? I'd say it's just to whet your appetite and just keep yeah. you interested. Just to say that it's, it's coming. We're very excited. Anyway, let's move on from that. Let's talk about uh, Final Fantasy 16 because we're going to get really caught up on this one. <laughs> Final Fantasy 16 was the first game shown off the showcase. And it was the only game where the footage was captured on a PC. Yeah, very controversial. Yeah, so every, it's a, every it's other... A, it's a PS5 showcase. And they even talked about the fact of this game is meant to be a PS5 exclusive, isn't it's it? It's being branded as a PlayStation 5 exclusive. It's only releasing on PlayStation 5. Okay. Even though the footage was captured on a PC... PC. And at the very end of the trailer, when they announced that it's only a PlayStation 5 exclusive, this game in fine print is also coming to PC. PC. <laughs> uh, this is, now, this is going back to the big sort of uh, console exclusivity problem where uh, we already know that Sony are pushing to get more of their first-party titles on PC. They saw great sort of reviews from uh, the likes of Horizon Zero Dawn and Death Stranding. But we kind of knew Death Stranding was coming to... Uh, PC anyway that was sort of announced from the get go but Horizon Zero Dawn is one of those games that is actually branded as only on Playstation not anymore it's on PC but it's got it's done well for Sony it's it's generating revenue it's gotten good reviews I think on Steam I don't know haven't looked maybe it has prove me wrong Um, (laughs) but basically you can just hear the keyboard yeah someone there is going to rip us apart in the comments anyway but um Sony have basically they they're going ahead with putting more stuff on PC, and I think they should. Do you know why not? It, you're, you're it's it's like that old saying, it's not that old saying. It's that old marketing strategy. I'm gonna go into my uh, degree no, uh, thingy majiggy knowledge here, but basically there was this uh, cigarette company they only sold to men way back in the day, and uh, some dude came in and basically said, well, why don't we you know sell to women because that's fifty percent of the population we're losing out on sales with. And so they held this big thingy. It was like a movement. Conference. And that's it. That's how women started smoking cigarettes back in the old day. Little bit of random history for you there. That's it. So yeah, th- this is a good marketing strategy. Because Sony are now opening the floodgates. They're letting in more people. And it's great money-wise. But pushing Final Fantasy sixteen as a PlayStation 5 exclusive. And claiming that it is a PlayStation 5 exclusive. When it's clearly coming. To PC, PC, they need to stop doing that. Because this is obviously just a big way of pushing PlayStation 5 to the forefront. Hmm. And you will possibly get Final Fantasy 16 for at least a year. <laughs> a year and a half on PlayStation 5. Yeah, they used to do it with Assassin's Creed. Yeah, and so Tomb Raider. Yes. Remember uh, Sh- Rise of the Tomb Raider? Rise of the Tomb Raider. That was an Xbox exclusive for a year, and then it hit PlayStation. Yeah, they used to, I, I know they used to do it with Assassin's Creed. So you would get Assassin's Creed quicker on a console. Than you would on PC. Yeah. It was the same with uh, Grand Theft Auto. That, like, but again, I think that was mostly for work. You know, they would spend more time optimising and adding in new features for the PC version. But I just... I I don't get what Sony are doing here. Like, again, it's to push sales. And yeah. just, just say it's coming to PC. Don't put it in the damn fine print. Okay, it's fine. We'll be okay with... First party titles coming to PC. It's fine. We're fine with it. Some people may not be, but we are. And that's okay. But my God, it's just the way they're handling it. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's another ridiculous thing that Sony are doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I you totally know? agree. Totally <laughs> agree. 
Yeah. Oh. Because they're going to do it with Horizon, for, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Of course they are. And they're going to do it possibly with Spider-Man Miles Morales. Although I don't really see that coming to uh, no, PC. No, I, I don't. I think if they're going to do anything, they'll probably... It'll be Spider-Man. It'll be the, like Peter Parker Spider-Man. Yeah. That'll probably be the first... If it is going to make the transition to PC, it'll be that one first. Yeah. And then Miles Morales will probably will come, come in 2022. Yes. Yes, more than likely. But speaking of Miles Morales, we got some gameplay. Yes. Got some gameplay of Miles Morales and Demon Souls. Let's just get the Demon Souls one out of the way because we're not really interested in that. But I think Demon no, Souls. I don't like a game that hands your ass into That's you very on true. Platter. I remember Bloodborne. Still, I still have nightmares about that. <laughs> <laughs> but Demon Souls is really cinematic looking. They've got rid of the hood. No yes. light bar. It's very, very cinematic. I actually like the look of it, and it's a blue point game. Which they did the uh, Metal Gear Solid HD collection. They recently did the Shadow of the Colossus remake. It looks really good. Yeah, it I is really, really. I've, I've played it and it just—it's breathtaking. It like, is it's all I can just say. It's just breathtaking. Absolutely brilliant. They're fantastic developers. Hugely underrated developers. I don't think enough people know about them. We're mentioning Demon Souls just for the sake of that. We're not going to buy it. No, I'm not spending money to have no. my uh, arse handed to me, like you said, Steve. <laughs> But let's talk about Miles Morales because I noticed a lot of similarities between this and Spider-Man PS4. Oh, here it comes. Like, I, obviously... Here's... Lay the groundwork. You are an absolute Spider-Man fanatic. Especially with games. Yeah. Games have been a special part of my life. All through my youth and so upwards. We're, we're going to talk about this now. You're going to get super highly technical, but... We don't know much about this game, only for what's been shown off. True, true. Um, <laughs> look, it's they've obviously added a lot of new things to accommodate for Miles' powers. Yes. Right. Um, so, Miles has that electric sort of hand thingamajiggy that he does. I don't know what it's called. I've never read the Miles Morales Spider-Man comics. I've only watched that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie. Leave me alone. But they've incorporated that into the fighting, which is great. But other than that... It's very similar animations from Spider-Man PS4 in terms of dodging, uh, throwing punches, swinging. It's all very uh, similar. Yeah. But can we fault them? It's only been two years since Spider-Man PS4. Exactly. And this isn't a fully fledged sequel. It's sort <coughs> of like a mid-ground. It's a standalone. So it's basically, it's probably setting up miles. Yes, for Spider-Man 2. Yeah. If there is a Spider-Man 2, of course, uh, which probably will be. Um. Yeah, I'd say it's it's probably given because obviously, yeah, I can spoil it now. Everyone's probably played Spider-Man PS4. Oh, like, yeah, they've had to at this point. If like it's been out for two years, yeah, if you so haven't played it now, you're it's not. It's all based it. like it's even though you're playing as Peter Parker and you're watching the story in full view, there is a side story yes. of Miles Morales. You literally watch him become friends with Peter and build a relationship, and then he re- acquires his powers. Yeah. You know, so we see all that happen. So yeah. it was only natural that we're going to give him a game. If you bring Miles into, like, the minute they announced Miles Morales in Spider-Man PS4, I remember that trailer right at the very end when they showed off Miles. Like, we knew there and then that, yes, they were going to go down this route of introducing Miles Morales as possibly a playable character. It didn't come to fruition in the Spider-Man game, but now it has. This is the one where we play as Miles. Yeah, and the, look, I'd say the reason why it feels familiar is it's probably using the same mechanics yeah so what takes games out like a, a lot longer is you have to build mechanics from the ground up yeah so to give him his own play style 
it would take time to reprogram that. So it, like, and they have to record new animations and everything. Yeah, it's only been two years since Spider-Man PS4, so I can understand, right? But I did notice in the fighting, there was a lot of cinematic takedowns going on. Okay, and I remember them doing this with Spider-Man <laughs> PS4. It's not that flashy. Okay, Spider-Man PS4 is flashy. And when you start chaining together uh, takedowns, yes, it can be the combat can be very flashy, but it's not as flashy as what they were showing off in that. So don't get your hopes up if you thought it was going to be that flashy. I doubt it's going to be that flashy when it comes out. How many times have I just said flashy? Flashy. Well, um, that word is starting to not make sense to me at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm still excited for Miles Morales. You know, it looks good. Here's another thing about Spider-Man Miles Morales, and actually uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Which actually, I, I want to just really quickly say that we didn't see Horizon or Ratchet, surprisingly, at this uh, showcase. Yeah. And I remember last week we were saying that uh, Ratchet well, is sort of yeah. the... He's sort of the, the official unofficial, mascot. He's the unofficial mascot yes. of Sony. He kind of pops in and out when Sony are... We kind of claim it's Crash Bandicoot, but no, it's Ratchet, really. Yeah. And he was, he was notably absent from the showcase. Which, to be fair, like, what was it, two weeks ago they released a the gameplay trailer for... Ratchet and Clank. Yes. So maybe that's the case. You know, that we've kind of seen enough of Ratchet. But I was pleasantly surprised to see there was no Ratchet or no Horizon for that matter. Uh, but Horizon Zero Dawn and Spider-Man Miles Morales are actually releasing on PlayStation 4 along with that Sackboy game. Which again was actually, he was absent as well from what I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this of course has sent the internet into a flurry, Stephen. Because they now feel that we haven't seen PlayStation 5 at its full, full caliber. Yes. And uh, people are feeling that maybe, you know, because we're seeing these games, which are now being made uh, that we know of uh, for the current gen, they're going to be hampered because they're being made for that as well as PlayStation 5. Yeah, it was the same with um, Grand Theft Auto 5. Yes. So Grand Theft Auto 5 was a new and upcoming game, but it was actually technically designed for... It was designed for PlayStation 3. Yeah. So when we got to PlayStation 4, yes, they had added on extra textures and stuff. But at the back of it all, it was still designed around the capabilities of PlayStation 3. Yeah. And I even if you are buying Play- Grand Theft Auto 5 for a PlayStation 5, just keep that in mind that you are playing a game that was originally designed for a PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. You know, that's... that's Yes, you are absolutely correct in that one. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not often that happens no. yeah but and that's the problem so you look at that and then you look at the likes of Red Dead Redemption which was actually designed for a next gen yes. console yes and it really really stands out yeah you it's, it's actually sometimes when you're playing that game it's absolutely jaw dropping and the same with The Last of Us that they are what I would class as console divining defining games because they showcase the actual potential of a console yes so and look the the thing about it is most of the games we've seen like obviously Final Fantasy being showcased on a PC for PC and and PlayStation (laughs) as well we can't can't, you know yeah but the footage we're actually seeing is PC footage it's not actually PS5 and I know they did announce at the start of showcase that everything that we were seeing on the screen was showcased for PS5 so it was all running on PS5 and everything it was kind of after Final Fantasy 16 that's when we entered into the PlayStation 5 domain yeah but most of the games that they showed are coming on PlayStation 4 yes 
I know, I need to look into whether Demon Souls is coming for PlayStation Four or not. I didn't actually no, look into good. that. That looked too good for. It was very, very cinematic. Very nice look. It's very nice looking game. Yeah, I, I it, it looked too polished for four. It looks like a five. Maybe. And again, going back to how similar Miles Morales and Spider-Man PS4 are, they're very like even graphically. I was looking at Miles Morales and I was thinking that's pretty much you know Spider-Man PS4 graphically. You know, mm. there's no real difference there. So. I can believe that that one's coming for PlayStation 4, but we haven't seen anything of Horizon, so I don't, I can't say much about that one. But do you think, you know, these games, are they going to be hampered? You know, will, they, will they affect, you know, will they be affected because of this? Possibly. Yeah, look. See, it, it's, it's going to be strange. So, we did it with, we very briefly had games when we transitioned from 3 to 4. Yes. I had Assassin's Creed Black Flag and I had Battle... I think it was Battlefield 4. Yes. They were... I know there's backwards compatible. There was forward compatibility. Yeah, so, so you... you could take the PlayStation 3 game, download an update, and you could actually play your PlayStation 3 game on the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Really good premise. And it upped... All it did was just up the graphics ever so slightly. Which is probably what we're going to expect from, say, games like Cyberpunk. Which are which is made for PlayStation Four, but is playable on PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X. Yeah, look, you're going to get different features. So obviously, yeah. we have the Dual Sense controller. You know, and I know, look, that's going to add extra bits to it. You know, so that would probably entice me to go on. You know, I can get it now. And it look at also the way it's being set up, and we go back to the fiasco of the shitty pre-order setup it would actually the way things are going it would actually make you stand back and go I might hold on so this might be my first time ever because I'm always first out the gate yes to get the next gen I've always held off yes yeah but uh, you've definitely kind of you were there with start of PlayStation 3 and you were there at the start of PlayStation 4 yes and I had to I was quite young with 2 and 1 so I had to get parental kind of got them gradually but yeah, no, I was. They were acquired by adults, but when PlayStation Three came along, I was an adult. I was actually working at the time, and I had enough money to get myself. I was, you know, super independent. Oh, absolutely. But absolutely. yeah, no, I was always first out to get, first to get it. I got the big jumbo PS Three with a forty gigabyte hard drive and a shitty Blu-ray drive that burnt out. Oh, and they blamed everyone else, bagger Sony. Sony didn't take the blame for it. It was amazing. Um, console is beautiful yeah but look I think I think it's going to be the first console that I actually take a stand back and go no I think I'm going to hold yeah. off everything that's gone on it's kind of like it's 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 almost like the world is saying don't get it yeah there's yeah. been so much going on <laughs> just like a lot pre-orders of going wrong general. stuff being delayed it's like maybe you should hold out yeah plus like you said, we haven't seen PlayStation 4 at its full potential yet. So are we going to get what I call colour-coded PlayStations to suit games? That would be really impressive, I think. I'm looking forward to that. If there's a Miles Morales one, that'd be really cool. <laughs> Just stick his, his like spray-painted spider on the console. That'd be so nice. Yeah, but that's it. And like, like, I'm struggling. I don't know about you. The colour... The white is a bit... Yeah. It's a bit... Uh, like, we're I, so used to... Yeah, look, obviously when we went from one to two, 
we went from the grey to the black. Yeah. But then we've progressively stayed with the black. Yeah. So two, three and four have all been jet black consoles. My PlayStation 4 is red. Well, yes. You're <laughs> but that's because you're... I have the Metal Gear Solid 5 one. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. Like PlayStation 4, it was a like sleek black design. Same with PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 2. But PlayStation 3 very nicely adopted some grey sort of colours in their first launch. They kind of did away with that in the subsequent Slim and Super Slims. Yeah, look, I I don't know. I, I remember when we saw the white PlayStation 5, the first sort of reveal, I was kind of... Uh, I, it was nice. I liked it. It was very new. Yeah. and I It do, took a while to grow on you. Yes, but I do, I do like the PlayStation 5 design. I don't like anything else that Sony have been doing with it so far. I think the way they've been handling everything is just ridiculous. As we stated earlier in the podcast. Um, and I don't like the fact that even though we're saying that we're going to hold off and get a PS5, that we don't even have the choice in that matter. By the looks of things, we might not yeah. have a choice. We might just have to wait. As I said, it's the universe's way of saying, hold out. You don't need that just yet. Yeah. You know. So, look at Maybe we shouldn't because we get to actually enjoy the transition. We actually get to buy our PlayStation Four games, yeah. And then when we require, when we acquire our console, once everything sorted out, we have our physical next gen console. It's the joy of being able to put the disc in, knowing it's going to run and it's going to run in a PS Five state. Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to see when we do actually get it. I do think PlayStation Five will be a good console. I have no doubt it'll be a good console because every PlayStation so far has been a great console. Even the tree, even on its worst days, was a great console. But Sony are just handling this so weirdly. And I think when November 19th rolls around, it's going to be a very, very interesting day. Just to see. It all boils down to, as I said, it's not the price. It was never about the price. It's about your following so you build up a player chip and you have to treat your players with not respect respect's kind of a strong word but we're very easily upset gamers are very easily upset oh yes so oh yes don't rock the boat too much because <laughs> we'll just capsize it <laughs> you know don't rock it too much because we'll just capsize it on you Mm-hmm. And I just think the way Sony's going about it at the moment, it's, it, it, you're rocking it way too much. It's like that scene in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End where they're trying to flip the boat around. <laughs> exactly. That is what Sony are doing. They are running back and forth on this train. Yeah. So I just think, <clears throat> just take some composure. Take a step back. Just assess what's after happening over the last couple of days. And just try and solve it. Yes. Yes. You know. And yes, people are going to get disappointed. You know, probably one of us, because the way my look is, it's just <laughs> I'm always the one that like draws the short straw. But it's just the way it is. Unfortunate, given that all the upsets with you know COVID and you know all this, it's gonna you know people are going to be upset. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, as I said, November nineteenth will be a very interesting time. We will get a little look into that with November 12th, but I think November 19th will be the make or break day for PlayStation 5. Um, But November 10th has the Xbox Series X and S coming out, so you know, who knows how that's going to go. And as far as I know, uh, Xbox pre-orders are going live next week on the 27th. 
it's very late it is very late but who knows maybe they're handling that a bit better um, we've gone very over time, Stephen. This is probably the longest podcast episode we've done. So very quickly, I just want to mention a few tiny little details about the PlayStation 5. Uh, so they've added a new feature to PlayStation Plus. This is the PlayStation Plus Collection. It's a collection of PlayStation 4 games that will be readily available to any PlayStation 5 subscriber to PlayStation Plus. Sorry, I said that all arseways. If you are a subscriber to PlayStation Plus and you own a PlayStation 5, you will get these games playable day one. Just download them and you'll be grand. Uh, if you have a PlayStation 4, you're not getting this feature, so don't even start. But anyway, the games included are Batman Arkham Knight, Battlefield 1, Bloodborne, Days Gone, Detroit Become Human, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy 15, God of War, Infamous Second Son, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, because they had to shoehorn that one in there somehow, uh, Monster Hunter World, Mortal Kombat 10, or X, for those real people, Persona 5, Ratchet & Clank, the remake of the PlayStation 1 version, uh, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and Until Dawn. That's seriously... It's actually, there are a lot of really good games on yeah. there. Uh, I was a very surprised to see Days Gone in there. I thought Spider-Man would have met it, but no, Days Gone, the kind of forgotten child of uh, Sony on this generation, has met it in there. Do you know? As I said, it's not about the price. It's about what you're offering. Mm. So if you're... You know, I think it's Gen Z. No, oh, Gen X. Don't start with that. I just, I <laughs> yeah. get so confused. Yeah, confused. But you're confused. only like, you're seven, you're eight. You know, you're looking at this PS Five and you're going, look at all them games. If I just pay the sixty euro a year, yeah, I get all them games. I would sign up. And you'll get the free games still. Like this is this is just an addition on top of everything that's already available exactly. for PlayStation Plus subscribers. So. It's great. So I, I'm very... I, this is one of the things I'm actually happy about. <laughs> you know, I think the PlayStation Plus collection is a great idea because it's given people a lot of games to fiddle around with the minute they get their PlayStation 5. All you have to do is download them. That's another great thing. They're downloadable. So yes. there's no mucking about with streaming with like, the likes of PlayStation now. Just download them, play them, have a great time. Uh, finally, uh, no backwards compatibility for PlayStation 3, 2 or 1. We knew this was coming. I know. We I knew just, I didn't want them to announce it and make it real. It's a real shame because, you know, PlayStation 3, it had no backwards compatibility with PlayStation 2 or 1, but it had emulations of games. Like, I experienced Metal Gear Solid 1 on my PlayStation 3 for the first time. Do you know? Yeah. So that's exciting. But they've done away with that. They've got PlayStation Now in there for your PlayStation 3 needs, and it's muck. It is muck. It's muck, unless you've got, like, serious... It's muck when you live in the Midlands of Ireland. Oh god yeah It's horrible it's, I have my wireless connection You think I'm going to run a, a streamed game on that? No <laughs> I remember when they announced uh, Google Stadia I was like ah, oh, Jesus No thank you <laughs> No thank you <laughs> uh, But that's, that's it That's it No backwards compatibility It's been confirmed Backwards compatibility for PlayStation 4 Happy days PlayStation 3, 2, 1 No Go home <laughs> Just go out and buy one of them old consoles Track them down If you want to play them Or just buy any of the million remasters or re-releases that they have on other consoles and just play them yeah and I mean Resident Evil 2 got like Resident Evil series in general has been released on nearly every platform ever <laughs> ever like they there was at one point they were adapting the Resident Evil 1 full game to the Game Boy in back in 1996 it was the whole game ma- like ported over to the Game Boy it got cancelled that would have been impressive it, it does look impressive there's bills of it floating around the internet somewhere it is impressive. It's ridiculous, but it's impressive. And Capcom did it. 
or try to. Fair play to them. But anyway, that's that's all we have to say on PlayStation on their showcase. To sum up, Stephen, how are we feeling in general about PlayStation 5? Excited and worried. Hugely I... worried. Very excited. <coughs> hugely worried. Excited about the lineup of games. Yes. You know, and the services. Worried about when I'm going to get it. Yeah. You know, and I'm not the only one. I think there are gamers worldwide that are literally bricking it right now. Yeah. I'm incredibly worried for to see how they're going to handle launch, what launch is going to be like, and uh, I'm incredibly worried for other people who've gone out and pre-ordered it, who may or may not lose their pre-order, and it's very that's very frightening, mm. hugely frightening. There's probably some PlayStation elitists out there, not ourselves, because I think we've proved that. <laughs> Even though we're diehards for the console, we're not elitists because we did not go out and pre-order it straight away. Um, you know, they're very excited. They, those people will be very excited for this console. Mm-hmm. And there you now, if you are one of these these people, you know, let us know on social media. How do you feel about all this? Have you pre-ordered it and lost your pre-order? We'd love to hear about it and we'd happily talk about it in the next episode of the arcade because that's just, that's the raw sauce that we need for this kind of stuff. <laughs> do you know? Yes, hugely worried. Very scared. Still a good bit of excitement. I mean, Hogwarts Legacy was enough excitement for me. Also, I just I feel like we have to mention this because there's probably someone out there that may call it out. I don't know. But we should just mention, given the heat surrounding her, J.K. Rowling is in no way involved in Hogwarts Legacy. Which is really good. In a way, yes. She's batshit yes. crazy. She has gone very loopy in the last few years. You know, just I, when she started changing around a lot of the Harry Potter stuff, <laughs> a lot of the mythos in general, <laughs> uh, I can remember when she started doing that and a lot of, Harry Potter fans myself included just kind of went yeah that's nice okay and then just turned back to the books like I'll treasure ye <laughs> <laughs> patting them down no one's going to take you away from me like JK we salute you for creating that universe but just go away now yeah. okay we've had you've had your fun stop <laughs> okay just I wanted to bring that up because someone might call us that one if we're not mentioning it who knows who knows but anyway, with that said, it's time to cash in your tokens and uh, finish up your games because the arcade is now closed. Uh, thank you for listening to the longest episode of the arcade recorded so far. Worth it. We're only 18 minutes over the usual time, to be fair. It's worth it. It's worth it, yeah. I'm, I I was going to try and shimmy through the PlayStation stuff. We got it off our chest. Yeah. We have vented and let's... You can't rush these kind of discussions. No. We need to talk about it all in depth and we need to get our points across because that's what we do. We're opinionated. And we want to tell people we're opinionated. Sony are never going to listen to this, but you need to know, <laughs> Sony, that we have issues with what you're doing with your current console that's coming out. Anyway, uh, don't forget to rate and subscribe to the Arcade Podcast on your favourite podcast player so you never miss out on an episode when it comes out on a Monday. There you go. Uh, and if you want to keep up with more crack of the Arcade Podcast, uh, follow us on the social medias, the Facebooks, the Instagrams and Twitters at the Arcade Podcast. That's at the Arcade Podcast where we say we post more crack stuff but we don't because I don't keep up with social media so I'm very bad at it <laughs> I'm very tired all the time so just leave me alone <laughs> anyway I think we've covered everything we have to cover yep. are we happy with that one Stephen? we are happy we are happy we're very worried though <laughs> as we said but with that said I've been Sean and I've been Stephen and this has been the Arcade Podcast we will see you in the next one